Some conversations are easy to have with people. Other conversations are tricky conversations. Some people are easy to speak with. Some people are tricky people. In the passage today, we see that Jesus encounters tricky people and a tricky conversation unfolds. What we're going to see is a lethal encounter with a loaded question to a man who outclasses his opponents in every respect. So, first of all, a lethal encounter. On the previous day, to where we're tuning in in this passage, Jesus condemned the religious authorities for the misplaced commerce that was impeding prayer in the temple. Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. He would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Jesus has now returned to the temple courts and the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders come to see him. These are the big three. They represent the religious establishment. And this was going to be a tricky conversation. In fact, more than tricky. The big three came with lethal intent. If you're aware and can recall back to chapter 3, verse 6, what we heard there was that the Pharisees and another group called the Herodians teamed up and planned to kill Jesus. Now we see the outworking of this plan. So there was lethal intent with a loaded question, our second point. The big three ask a loaded question, which was designed to trap Jesus. It comes in verse 28. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked, and who gave you authority to do this? The big three were asking a question, but they weren't there to learn from Jesus. They were there to confront him. They were wanting him to say that his authority has come from God so that they could accuse him of blasphemy and kill him. That these things that the big three were concerned about in their question, by what authority are you doing these things, is referring, I think, principally to the clearing of the temple and the teaching by Jesus that accompanied that. But it could refer more generally to things known of Jesus' ministry that had come through to them. Of course, Jesus' ministry had become very well known. He had taught amazing things and he had performed many miracles and other extraordinary things. So they may well have been asking, by what authority are you doing all of these things? But I think we can know that principally what's being referred to in verse 28 is the clearing of the temple and the teaching that accompanied that, which was condemning of the religious authorities. So a lethal intent, or rather lethal intent, with a loaded question to a man who outclasses his opponents in every respect. Let's read what then happens in response to the question by the big three. We tune in in verse 29. Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, they feared the people, for everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. 
Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Now, it was standard practice in contexts like this for a person to respond to a question with a question. Jesus' question to the big three is whether John's baptism is from heaven or of human origin. Now, the John's baptism that is being referred to is the baptism of people performed by John the Baptist, like what we read in Mark chapter 1. We're told in Mark chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, this about John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John's message was in chapter 1, verses 7 to 8, where we read, And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The religious authorities, the big three, didn't think that the baptism of John had come from heaven, even though lots of other people did think that. In fact, in Mark chapter 1, we're told that the whole of Jerusalem went out to be baptized by, by John. They thought, that is, the religious authorities thought it was of human origin, but they didn't want to say so because they feared the people. So they were stumped and said, we don't know. Jesus then said in verse 33, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. So Jesus avoids a lethal outcome so that his ministry could continue. The time for him to make statements about himself would have to wait. Interestingly, Jesus doesn't answer the question about what authority he is operating under, but at the same time, he does answer the question. The question that Jesus asked the big three about the baptism of John, whether it was from heaven or of human origin, wasn't just a ploy to avoid the question he was being asked. Jesus was also revealing that his authority is from heaven. The inference in Mark's gospel is that John's baptism is from heaven. Now, given that John spoke of Jesus following him, who would baptize with the Holy Spirit, we know that Jesus' authority is also from heaven. Jesus is God's authoritative voice to this world. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 2, we see this affirmed. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. The big three reject Jesus' authority as being from heaven. They think that their authority is from heaven and Jesus' authority is of human origin. However, it is theirs that is of human origin and Jesus' authority is from heaven. Well, given that Jesus is God's authoritative voice to this world, the question is this, are you listening to him? Mark chapter 9, verse 7, is where we see God the Father speak about his Son. And we read this. He says, This is my Son, whom I love. 
listen to him? Are you listening to him? From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. His wisdom is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. We are to pay attention to what he says. We are to keep his words within our hearts, for they are life and health to us. We are to come to Jesus to listen and to learn, not to confront and condemn. But we so often don't listen to him. We turn away from him. We don't hold to his word. And this is what the Bible speaks of as being sin. And consequently, we stumble. But thankfully, Jesus always listened to his father. He was the perfect model. And he died upon the cross so that our sins can be purified. But of course, we need to put our faith in Jesus Christ to realise this great forgiveness. As we see afresh, that Jesus' authority is from heaven. It is then that we will listen to him increasingly. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, following on from that previous quote, says this, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. We have seen a lethal encounter with a loaded question to a man who outclasses his opponents in every respect. We have seen that we are to come to Jesus to listen and to learn, not to confront and to condemn. So which one are you? Are you someone who comes to Jesus to listen and to learn? Or do you come to him to confront and condemn? Let's pray. Dear Father, please enable us to recognise the authority of Jesus as being from heaven. Please enable us to listen and learn from him. Please cause all those who confront and condemn Jesus to change their tune before it is too late. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.